Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Because that's really something that we feel is the important part about what crypto does or what digital assets provide, um, that democratization, putting you in power. From Decrypt.co, my name is Matthew Aaron. Today on the show, NBA Spencer Dinwiddie raises a lackluster $1.3 million in STL token sale. Apple co-founder sues Google over fake Bitcoin giveaways. And in our main story, U.S. banks can now hold your crypto. And we have a special guest, Catherine Coley, CEO of Binance U.S., coming up on the Decrypt Daily. Hello, everybody, and welcome back on Thursday, July 23rd, 2020. I'm not going to talk too much at the beginning today because I have a big show, lots of news, lots of good news, finally good news, and I'm going to give straight to the crypto prices because that's also good news. And I'm recording this at 4.20 Eastern Standard Time. Bitcoin is at $9,567.11, up 2.55% from yesterday. Ethereum at 272.63, up 11.9% from yesterday. Litecoin, 44.86, up 3.15% from yesterday. Bitcoin Cash, 237.74, up 3% from yesterday. And XRP, 20.8 cents, up 5.1% from yesterday. In our main story today, I want to welcome our good friend, Andrew Hayward, decrypt writer on the show to tell us about this big breaking news. And then I'm going to switch it over to CEO of Binance US, Catherine Coley, to go a little more in depth and give her professional experienced opinion on this news and what it does for the crypto space, banks, you and Binance. Andrew, welcome back on the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Biggest news of the day. U.S. banks can now hold your crypto for you, says federal regulators. Man, what does this mean? Can you summarize this whole situation? Yeah, so uh, the U.S. Office of the Comptroller of the Currency, or the OCC, which is an independent bureau that's part of the U.S. Treasury, basically issued a public letter clarifying that national banks and federal savings associations do have the legal right to take custody of cryptocurrency assets for customers. Um, this isn't really a change from previous policy. It's just clarification. It's unclear who requested this clarification. The announcement isn't really a change in policy, but rather a uh, response to a request for clarification. You know, the OCC writes that banks have been able to take custody of digital assets since 1988. And that Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies are really just a new version of the same concept. So if the guidance was vague before, now it's clear. Banks and savings associations can hold crypto for customers, whether it's holding keys or providing other sorts of custody and protective services. I know there's a lot of questions to come out of this, um, but just because they can do something doesn't mean they will do something. What's the odds that they will hold your crypto for you? Um, I think they would because, you know, banks have safe deposit boxes, banks hold all sorts of assets and other items for customers. And, you know, holding keys is really just 
a new version of that same concept. So I think the real question is how many people are going to want banks to hold keys for them? Because, you know, the big appeal of crypto is that you don't need a centralized intermediary like a bank, but this does open it up to maybe more mainstream investors, people who aren't as crypto literate, but see, you know, the boom in Bitcoin and crypto and want those more traditional security and reassurances. You know, this this could be something that appeals to them. You know, the most famous people that store their keys in banks is the Winklevosses or the Winklevi. They have their keys in multiple lockboxes around the con- country. So I think that this could be a very good thing for people who want that. Well, they just don't trust it in a box in their house and they feel themselves as a target. My last question about this is, and of course, I won't always approaching everything as a skeptic. Banks are powerful. They have resources. If they wanted to hold your cryptocurrency earlier, they could have petitioned for a clarification a lot earlier. Why did it take till now to get that clarification? It seems to me that banks don't really care to hold your cryptocurrency. You know, it's it's unclear who requested this clarification because um, alongside the public letter, um, the OCC released uh, a lengthier interpretive letter that was in response to some sort of request, but it blanked out. It seems like a lot of people are talking about the fact that Brian Brooks, who is now the acting comptroller of the currency, he was previously the chief legal officer at Coinbase. Uh, so obviously he knows the space very well and he has the ability to push forward what seem like you know sensible changes or moves, even if it is just clarifying existing policy. Awesome, Andrew. Thank you very much for coming on the show and telling us about this amazing turn of events. Of course. Thanks for having me. Catherine Coley, CEO of Binance USA. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad to be here. Big news today. UX banks can hold your crypto for you, says the OCC. Why is this important? This was probably the the most substantial news we've heard in the crypto space. Um, our, our legal and regulatory said in the past two years, but really it's a advancement where the current traditional banking systems are validating digital assets, recognizing that they will hold them just as they've held all of your other traditional assets. This was a huge hurdle for people to feel comfortable with digital assets. And so this is a major breakthrough. The regulators said that digital assets could be held by banks a long time ago, back all the way to 1988. Why are they just referring to this now when it comes to cryptocurrencies? And what changed with this announcement from what was already in place since 1988? You know, there's a comfort around the advancement in this industry, and we've seen so much change, especially in the past 10 years. Having any form of refreshing legislature or confirmations on what digital assets mean in the current day is something that's really helpful. So I think anything we've had for definitions that have been the test of time, it's good to see a new definition come into place and a continuation of saying they're still good. What do you think this is going to do to banks and their portfolios or the holdings for their customers and how they recommend uh, their portfolios to customers and cryptocurrency? I think the most interesting thing for banks or, or what reveals from this news is that they are still listening to their users and recognizing that their users are demanding for more uh, digital options or, or a, you know, a different type of banking than we currently know. So it's great to see that banks are open to evolving and regulation around it is helping them make those changes. Do you think that people are going to trust banks with their cryptocurrency or their private keys? I mean, when the ethos of Bitcoin, of cryptocurrency, blockchain is to be your own bank to, you know, kind of step away from the traditional systems. Is this really a positive for the crypto space? And do you think people are going to accept it? It still really is. Because you think about the amount of people that still won't do things until banks approve of it. 
This now lets that group of users into digital assets, whereas before it was the be your own bank, only people that believed they could be their own bank were felt welcome into this space. So I think it's mostly about all the different ways that we can have digital assets involved in our everyday lives. If it feels better being held at a bank, that's great. If it feels better being held by yourself, that's great. We just need to be eliminating any of the errors where people feel that there's not enough support from a whole, um, that this this is a real industry moving forward. Do you think this has a lot to do with Brian Brooks being brought aboard on the OCC? I'm, Brian Brooks is a phenomenal player in this space, but was before joining Coinbase a significant advisor in, in banking regulation. So for him to be in the OCC, it's absolutely where um, you know his career and his influence has really been able to put forth. So I think it's great that he has a, a firm understanding of how digital assets work in the ways that they're already being involved. So it's great to have a cheerleader for for crypto inside of uh, the regulatory circles. But he's he's been involved in in banking regulation regulation for past 25 years. Being CEO of Binance USA, any kind of positive uh, regulation or legislation for cryptocurrency in the USA has to be very bullish for Binance in general. How do you think this is going to affect Binance USA? For Binance US, this is a great uh, lead to more mainstream adoption. If banks are comfortable holding it, more people will be comfortable holding it. And the best part about Binance US is it's the easiest way to access and buy trade and earn digital assets. So um, we still remain a vital part of the infrastructure needed in America to move forward, letting more people access digital assets at lower costs. I I just have some general questions about the crypto space in general. Since you are who you are, I would love to hear your opinions on them. What what is your opinion on the Twitter hack the other day? I think the Twitter hack that recently happened is a great uh, alarm bell for us all to remember that going forward into this future of digital, there are some rules that we should be following to best protect ourselves. So being able to follow safe internet practices is super important. And it's something that as we are able to do more through the internet, uh, whether that's digital assets, whether it's digital communication, we do need to protect ourselves and make sure that businesses are also protecting their users' privacy and security as well. There's been a lot of bullish or progressive news lately pushing Bitcoin, understanding what cryptocurrency and blockchain is for the people, for enterprise, for business. Hester Pierce the other day said that the SEC made a wrong move when suing Telegram for their ICO. There's been a lot of bullish news in the USA. Do you think that this is pushing Bitcoin to be more mainstream in the United States? And what do you think about Hester Pierce's comments? Since launching Binance US, I've been dedicated to making sure that American crypto does not get left behind. And so I think we do have several indicators where there are others that are fighting for this to have more mainstream adoption. And we're now, you know, we're we're working around the clock in order to make this happen. So you're going to see more uh, developments, more involvement in order to push forward mainstream adoption in America. And my last question, before I ask this last question, I want to say thank you very much for coming on the show and give me a little bit of your time today. I know you're super busy. My last question is about Binance. Where do you see the company and within the United States going within the next couple of years, because I, I see in the world right now, there's a lot of shifts and one shift. And I think one thing that blockchain can fill in is some of those, some of those gaps when it comes to people's sovereignty, not only of money, but of self, of civil rights and what have you. How do you think Binance is going to fit into that change that I see the country is making? Binance as an ecosystem has always been so dedicated to the individual's freedom. And so it's the freedom of money, the ability for you to own your future, to be in control, to have the access at your fingertips to make 
the choices that you want to make. And so that rings true with Binance US, giving people more freedom to choose the different assets that they're looking into, as well as choose the different ways they want to be trading and choose the different ways they want to be sending and receiving their dollars on and off the platform as well, because that's really something that we feel is the important part about what crypto does or what digital assets provide, um, that democratization, putting you in power. Catherine Coley, CEO of Binance US, thank you very much for coming on the show. Thank you so much. In other news, Apple co-founder Steve Wozniak has sued Google and YouTube for failing to control ongoing cryptocurrency scams, alleging that it costs tens of millions of dollars to victims around the world. We all know the scams. It's a live show of Wozniak or some famous person saying something or having some conference unrelated to cryptocurrency. And then on the bottom, it says, send BTC to this address. I'm going to give you 5,000 BTC or we're going to double your BTC or 5,000 BTC giveaway. And people keep falling for it. Well, Wozniak says Google and YouTube aren't doing enough. Other companies have addressed this problem, but they have yet to address this problem in a way that doesn't cost people millions of dollars a year. I'm rooting for the Woz. NBA star Spencer Dinwiddie raised a lackluster $1.3 million of $13 million of his STO token sale. See, what he did is he decided to tokenize part of his $34 million NBA contract, a way to get money up front instead of waiting for yearly payouts on that guaranteed $34 million contract. Each token cost $150,000, a little too rich for my blood, but other reasons that could have played into the lackluster performance of this token sale were his testing positive to COVID and the delay of opening the NBA season. But in my personal opinion, I just think the tokens were too expensive, very much limiting the who could participate in this token sale. Too rich for my blood. However, 150 bucks, maybe I would consider it. And finally, a blow to Bitcoin in Russia. Russia updates crypto law prohibits buying goods with Bitcoin. While Russia passed a bill that legally recognizes cryptocurrencies such as Bitcoin, it doesn't allow cryptocurrencies to be used in anything in Russia which kind of defeats the point. The silver lining to this story is one thing we already all know. Bitcoin, it's unstoppable. Thank you everybody for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. Remember, wherever you're listening to this, make sure you're subscribed, leave us a rating and a comment, and share it. Share it with a lot of people. These come out every day, Monday through Friday. So if you want somebody to be involved with cryptocurrency, have a short form podcast so they can just get information daily so they can build their crypto, blockchain, Bitcoin education so they can take part in the crypto revolution, then this just might be their show. We'll see you tomorrow for our long form podcast.